2: Guitar Nerds is teaming up with Positive Grid to give one lucky listener their very own Spark Smart Amplifier. Visit positivegrid.com forward slash guitar nerds. It's super simple and you could be the owner of one of the most fun and feature-packed apps I've ever played. Spark is a comprehensive solution for home jamming, learning, and recording for electric, acoustic, or bass. You can play and practice with millions of songs and access to over 10,000 tones. Powered by Positive Grid's tone own engine spark features a smart and intuitive range of rotary controls on the amp itself but really comes to life when used alongside its companion app for ios or android it's so well laid out straight out of the box i was able to tailor my tone with a bunch of amp models and a comprehensive range of effects there's no learning curve here or complex interface just tons of tones straight off the bat I love the Smart Jam feature. Play a looping riff on Spark and the amp and accompanying app work together to learn your riffs, then generate authentic bass and drums to accompany you. Perfect for making just jamming around more interesting and fun auto chords is another banger import your music from youtube spotify and apple music and the spark app will auto display its guitar chords in real time as you play easy controls let you slow down the song's tempo or loop difficult sections as you master playing it on top of all of this you can use the spark as an interface usb directly into your computer and access all the spark tones and models and effects for recording all of this for only 299 us dollars visit positivegrid.com forward slash guitar nerds enter to win a spark and check out all its incredible features
1: okay blake repeat after me hello and welcome hello and welcome To the Guitar Nerds Podcast. To the Guitar Nerds Podcast. The world's number one guitar podcast. The world's number one... Wait a minute. The world's number one guitar podcast, Blake. The world's
0: number one guitar podcast.
1: I'm your host, Blake Weiland.
0: I'm your host, Blake Weiland.
1: And I'm here entirely of my own free will and under no duress of the Guitar Nerds whatsoever. I am here
0: under my own free will and under no duress of the Guitar Nerds
1: whatsoever. Great, and we will get Joe to tidy that up in post. That's right, you heard uh-huh. correct. This is the Guitar oh, Nerds Podcast. Man. My name is Jay Cross, and I'm here with Matt Knight and the Tone on. Mob's very own podcast legend, Black Wildland.
0: Can you get this guy to put that knife down?
1: The, ori- <laughs> the, the
3: original guitar podcaster. I don't know, I don't know at what point our our timelines Well, we Blake, me and you met for the first time at NAM twenty seventeen
0: winter NAM 2017 2017 yeah maybe yeah, 2016 that was, that i
3: can't remember my, well i started in august 2016 and NAM 2017 was my first one i think that's when i yeah that's when i met you but obviously we'd been doing the podcast for a, quite a few years before that but i don't know when you started doing obviously tone mob was one of the original things that we remember um, especially on social on like instagram and stuff so when did you start doing yours?
0: So you guys beat me by a little bit, uh by maybe a year or so. So Okay.
1: But I, Ch- Chasing Tone was around before cuz you came into Chasing Tone later, didn't you? I came into and Chasing that, Tone later, yeah. Yeah, and that but that probably predates what we were doing, I think. I'm guessing it was right around the same time. Yeah,
0: I think Chasing Tone we last month we celebrated uh, the seven-year anniversary by having Travis Feaster on, who was one of the original hosts. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think you know it's really it's a really close timeline because I I was aware of you guys, so I know you were before mm-hmm. before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chasing Tone was the one that got me into doing it in the first place, and then I found Sixty Cycle, and I think Chasing Tone, what is now Guitar Nerds, and Sixty Cycle all. St- started around the same time along with one that was just called the guitar podcast
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and that one was kind of weird because i only caught a few episodes of it and it was just like one guy driving in his car talking about guitar stuff um (laughs) (laughs) so it was kind of a weird show um i I don't i can't really comment like further maybe it changed but he didn't seem to stick around very long
1: I mean, I can't really I I can't really criticize because basically when the GAK what was the gag podcast started, it was the four of us sitting around in the back room of the shop drinking uh cheap cans of gin and tonic and talking about guitars. Which I, I mean, frankly, is I mean that's no different to what anybody else is doing. You know, it's, it's still just as pathetic as, as as anything else. You know, just 100%. a bunch of losers hanging out, drinking drinking gins and talking about guitars.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not like yeah saying that too critically either because my early episodes were recorded in a fuel lab with a train going by. You know, <laughs> so like, it, it, I, I mean, no, there's no hate on my part at all. It's just just what I'm recalling from the. The content. and, uh, But yeah, I think those were, there might have been some other things sprinkled in, but at the time, the timeline, as I recall, would be Chasing Tone, Guitar Nerds, and 60 Cycle all started really close to the same time. I started yeah. in 2015, so yeah. a little bit afterwards. And the reason I started was because I was like, well, these are, these are all kind of banter-based shows, and yeah. there's no interview-based shows, at least yeah. that I was aware of at the time, and I was like maybe I can maybe I can fill that angle and it's somehow worked.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've had some especially like over the last 9 months or so, nine oh oh, I guess this year. You've had some big big names on there. Big names on the on the show over the last uh, over the last year or so. Kyle Gas from Tenacious D. I mean, that's enormous. That's absolutely fantastic. Misha Mansoor, I saw. Was that this week or last week? Yeah, that was and, last uh, week. Uh-huh. I saw you've had Bri- you have Brian Fallon on again as well. So, I mean, it's it seems to be going from strength to strength to strength. It's uh, you know, and I mean that metaphorically and literally because. Blake Wyland is a very tonk geezer, as we say in the uh, in the uh, you know if you're if you're a fitness fanatic like me and Blake, we would we would refer to we, we we refer to each other as tonk geezers. But you know, I'm not quite at that level yet. But but no, things seem to be going really well, man. It's it's been wild. You know, some of these guests. I
0: think the real the real turning point as far as like um, I don't want to say. You know it's weird to put people in hierarchies, you know, and I don't like to do yeah, that. Of course, but of course. as far as notability goes, and just you know, people who are aware of them, it it really didn't start happening until the first time I got Brian on. Brian's on, yeah. been on like three times, uh-huh. um, and we've become really good friends over the course of that, which has been amazing because he's also somebody I really respect and love as a musician as well. So um, th- that's been a real trip, but. Yeah, he was really, I think, the one that kicked off that. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, I had Frank from MyCam on. And then mm-hmm. um, this year, yeah, the the, the Kyle Gass episode is so crazy because a lot of these people, you know, I'm I'm hunting for, obviously. I'm yeah, trying to find their PR people. I'm trying to find, you know, because they don't know who I am. Uh, but Kyle's people actually hit me up out of the blue, which oh, was nice. really weird. I was like, Kyle Gass. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna talk to Kyle Gass. I don't even <laughs> think he likes gear that much, but of course I'm gonna talk to him. You know. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been wild, and and the interview format is what I what I enjoy because I don't think I have the. I mean, I love gear clearly, but mm-hmm. I don't think I quite have the level of keeping up with the news that I used to, the yeah. way that you guys do, and. I get a lot of that from Chasing Tone because Brian and Richard are always sending, which is actually something we should probably talk about when we get to Yeah, that. yeah, definitely. But um, they're always sending me topics and, and things. So I'm like, I'm very well informed, but not necessarily because of my own research.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, to be, to be completely honest with you, mate, we are basically just reading off, we're just reading off, press releases it's all just ours is all very scripted like we we get sent the week's press releases we read that out in a very monotonous voice and then we go home like i'm not i'm not that informed i just i'm able to read a press release so i don't they they stop sending me press releases
0: i very rarely get them anymore and when i do i'm like nah. because what am i gonna do you know, I am i going to be like okay this week i'm talking to you know xyz pedal builder uh what do you think about the new release from orange you know it's, yeah it's, exactly exactly yeah it just doesn't really fit
3: i think um i don't know The the further i've i've gone on the more the less i've had time to pay attention to what's happening even though it's like part of my job i definitely don't feel like i'm deep diving as watching as many videos as I used to. I, I also just think there's just so much stuff coming out at the moment. I've just sort of lost track. I, I think maybe because I just haven't been in a guitar shop for so long, you know, like every so and then you go in a guitar shop and you chat to the people you know and you see some stuff and you get some opinions and...
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And someone says, oh, have you checked out this or have you seen this? We just yeah, got it in. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, re- I, don't really get that opportunity quite so much.
3: No, I, and yeah, I definitely feel like need a bit of that. I think that's why guitar shops will always be around. Of course, lots of people shop online now, but you can't replicate some of it without uh, actually going in and getting hands-on with some
1: stuff. Um. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: But I definitely yeah. pay less attention to what happens now than what I,
0: <laughs> what I did what I did do like five or six years ago. Yeah. But I think also we're just immersed in it. So we're you know, we don't have to really seek it out so much. You know, you guys are getting press releases, I get stuff, you know, pop up in my Instagram feed. Like I'm going to see it, most likely. Uh it's it seems hard to dodge oftentimes you know there's things that slip by your radar here and there but when you work in this industry every single day you're gonna see 80 percent of the stuff you know without even having to research um and so that's been a lot of it for me it's it's just like you know i like the guest format because i can talk about them that's why i've changed the tagline of my show it used to be like It's Now it's just about uh, the way I describe it now. I'm like, welcome to the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally sometimes. Because (laughs) it might start there and it might end in, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it's really funny. I mean, the the conversation, sometimes it's really weird. But sometimes it's really heavy. You know, sometimes addiction has been a reoccurring thing that's popped up multiple times on the show. And we really go down the rabbit hole. You know, as much as we can, and yeah. um, I well, don't want to limit the conversation a, in that way. You know, n-
1: no, 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 of course. And I think you do a very good job of 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 kind of letting people. Um, so, you, you know, you're. It's not like you're a uh, investigative journalist who's there to uh, try and get a hot take out of somebody. You're just allowing people the opportunity to say what's in their mind, and and oftentimes that can be very therapeutic. And um, and also, just really beneficial to other people. You know, that's the people who are listening, who maybe don't necessarily have the courage to speak about speak out about uh, things that are affecting them, or haven't had the 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 uh, sort of opportunity to look inwards and think, "Oh, yeah, this actually is something that affects me as well." Maybe this is a route that I can go down. It's um... and I, and I think that in the creative industries, especially, I mean, you don't have to look far to look at big name guitar players or vocalists or uh, or producers or or anything who've who've struggled with with addiction and um throughout their lives and it's uh, it's so you know it's it's important to talk about and and bring these things out in the open when when you can.
0: You know, it's interesting too because I I find that those are the most fascinating conversations and the things that you know, not specifically addiction but just broader yeah. deeper topics. Those are the things that help me uh, yeah, as a person, you know, I definitely was more close-minded when I started the podcast than I am now. And I want to continue yeah. that, you know, that path. Because it feels better to to have a better understanding, to have those moments where it's like, oh, I thought that people that did that were this way, but now I understand yeah. they might be this way. Yeah. And just getting that different exposure can help you you know, navigate your own troubles in a weird way. Um, Not to try to make this a a bigger deal than it is. It is still just a nerd rambling on the internet. (laughs) But but it it has definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. And also, you know, like you mentioned Misha, when we did the Patreon episode or the bonus content now, because I guess it's not just Patreon, but Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, I can't believe we're talking about this. You know, I never I never get to talk about these things. We were, like, literally exploring the concept of whether or not we have free will. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, okay. And he's, like, that was mostly generated by him because of some stuff he's been reading. You know, we started yep. with aliens, as we do, and then we... Of course, uh, classic. Go, yeah, go who knows the classic,
1: where. The classic time of jumping off point. Yes,
0: my favorite, because
1: <laughs> it always... I mean, whether...
0: Not to sidetrack it too, too soon, but... Regardless of how you feel about that subject, so everyone has an opinion on it, and it's yeah, always yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. interesting to explore why they have whatever opinion it is. And it's uh, it's a good it's a good way to end up in places like do we have free will? So yeah. Anyway, that's that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's cool, man. So um, along with uh, well, you you, you mentioned uh, chasing tone as well. So you, that is obviously something that you've been heavily in, involved with for the last however however many years it is now six years some somewhere so yeah
0: somewhere in that maybe maybe five and
1: a half. I, I basically started
0: around episode one hundred. And it took yeah. took Brian and I a while, you know, maybe twenty ish episodes or more to get our rapport established. Even though we yeah. we talk. We were just still trying to figure out, you know, how this was going to work because him and Travis and Max, which were the original Chasing Tone crew, they were already friends, hanging out together every single day.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And pre- I, I can't remember, but I assume they were all in like the same room at the time as they well. They were, right? Yep. Yeah, which is just th- that is, and that was something that, I, and that was one of the things I was going to bring up actually. Is is you know how have you kind of presumably? The pandemic hasn't kind of changed the way that you do a lot of that because it was all remote anyway. I mean, for guitar nerds, we really—you know—I don't think we struggled necessarily, but it was a bit of a, a, a shock for us. I would say, Matt, wouldn't you? Because well, at one point, well, not for you, I suppose, because you were always um... you were always <laughs> at the end on the blower, anyway. Yeah, I—I I, I was thinking about this the other day,
3: funny enough, and uh, because I realized I'd lived in my current house for seven years. And 10 months I've been on the electoral roll here, which is the longest I've lived anywhere apart from growing up in my family home. And I was like, for that seven years and 10 months, we have almost done the podcast remotely. I've been doing it remotely for, I would say, maybe five years. Because as soon as I left, uh, longer than that, because I left... um, I started working for Roland five years ago and I was at Andertons for 18 months, so six and a half years, because obviously once I stopped going, working at GAC, I couldn't record it. So six and a half yeah. years. We've been, Yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing it in another room and sort of used to it, but was thinking about, you know, we've tried doing it live, we've tried doing it over video. And I think we actually have a kind of solution that, that works. And for the last 18 months over the pandemic, I think it's been, been pretty good. To, to use tricast and do it remotely and it's come out pretty well. Yeah, yeah I mean, very, you know, very, very, very I
1: I I'm, I obviously miss my um opportunity to badmouth you after with with Mark and Joe after we hang out the phone on you, but um that of I, we we've just got we've just got a separate group so we just text each other. Of course. <laughs> just like can't believe he was, it was talking about his luscious beard again again god it's so annoying but no bringing it back to back to you blake presumably the you know has, has uh what's been going on over the last 18 months kind of affected your working i guess with chasing tone in particular it certainly hasn't because you've been able to just carry on as per yeah i mean it hasn't really
0: impacted me hardly at all as far as my process goes yeah um I was starting to do more and more in person. Like I was finally getting to go to shows and go backstage and hang out with people and, and record there, which I was just like, this is Oh, like, so uh, like,
1: in, like the recording interviews with yeah. people. IRL. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh man.
0: Which was so mind blowing to me because I've, I'd never been backstage at some of these venues I'd been going yeah. to for years. I was like, this is so cool. And. So I saw, yeah, I got to interview Tepe from thrice, you know, in person uh-huh. in mm-hmm. uh, January uh, and a few others here and there over the years. But
1: where, where was that? Was that a venue that you'd? Because, uh, so, of course, if anybody knows anything about Blake Weiland, they know that. Blake Wyland is the world's biggest thrice fan. So yeah. is it w- was the w- the venue that you saw them was that somewhere that you'd seen them before like just going sort of quote unquote as a fan? Yes,
0: 100% I've seen them there. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe 6 7 times at that venue. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> so it was really trippy to you know be out in the crowd and then you know Jess, my friend Jess was with me and he's uh-huh. also a massive fan. And so, we we're like... Oh, you told
1: Jess to watch the car whilst you went backstage and recorded, right? Of course. No, actually, yeah, yeah, uh, course. we did it together. <laughs> we we did that one together. Um, yeah. He came, you know, He it was like, we,
0: well, we can just walk back there. No one's going to stop us. And we could. We could just walk back. And it was weird as a fan to experience those things. And so, that was just starting to happen on a more regular basis. And I was like, this is the coolest job in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, this is so awesome. Uh, and... I interviewed uh Dave Haas, who used to play with the loved ones and has been doing solo stuff for quite a while
1: yeah of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've um I mean the loved ones I was a big fan of the loved ones that uh, that first record i saw i saw i saw their first uk tour they came over with strike anywhere in mm-hmm. like 2000 um was it the first i think it was first in like 2004 or something and uh just after that first record came out and it was just like so good this band is unbelievable and of course he was in painted black as well yep. another one of my fave bands so uh yeah big big fan big fan of uh of Dave was, yeah
2: reverend guitars have kicked off 2021 with their first ever s-type guitar In true Reverend style, this cracker of a guitar features classic looks juxtaposed with modern electrics. Introducing the Gil Paris GPS signature model from Reverend Guitars. Whilst on first glance, the pickup arrangement looks fairly standard for an S-Type. In fact, each of the single coils is a Fishman Fluid Single-Whip Pickup. These can be switched with a push-pull tone control between two voicings, a vintage voice, the classic Airy Fifty single coil sound, and a hot Texas voice for a hotter, punchier, more modern alternative. Check out the GPS and all of Reverend Guitar's mouth-watering models at reverendguitars.com. Yeah,
0: he's and he's a super cool guy. And that was also one we did in person, and it was my wife and I, actually. Yeah. And then that was the last show that I saw.
2: Right. You know, we okay.
0: hung out for a little while. We you know, we did the podcast, we saw the show, it was fantastic. We gushed about Les Paul Jr.'s together for you yep. know how, who knows how long. And then yep. um literally like maybe in my mind, it's the next day, but it might have been the next two or three days. That's when everybody's Instagram feed was nothing but show cancellations, including Dave. Dave's popped up. Oh, we got to cancel our shows. You know, we don't know what's going on with this pandemic. And that was like, yeah. for me, that was essentially the beginning of lockdown. Even though yeah. lockdown hadn't happened yet, it was about to happen. And it was, it was like, no more shows. Like what do you mean no more shows? This is what we do is go to shows. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was really surreal. And from then on, it's been obviously nothing but remote. And th- that the pandemic, in a weird way, for my workflow, has made it easier because early on I'd be like, okay, I record like this, and they were like. I don't understand how to work any of this stuff. What's going on? No, everyone was confused and didn't know. How. Now everybody like, knows how to work it. So I'm just like,
1: here. Everybody, everybody's a Zoom expert. Everybody's got like, a, good pair of, like, a decent pair of headphones, a good, a good webcam. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So the, that, the explanation of that has uh, become severely lessened. I rarely have to explain anything anymore. So that saves me some time. So that's uh, been the real, only real change for me.
1: So how, but just going back to shows for a sec is that um is that something that has kind of is it is it on the horizon of coming back? I mean I have been lucky enough to go to a couple of gigs over over the last month or so and it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a weird experience like being a show, being inside with a load of people, but um you know I'm double vaccinated. The um the the vaccination rates around here are really high. The risk is minimal, and if you don't feel safe you you know you wear a mask or you don't go and it's I, I, you know I guess it's taking that first step, but that's certainly how it is here. i mean it, have you been to anything is there is there anything that's like on the on on the um in your peripheral vision that might that might actually happen I have not been to anything yet that um that's partially
0: because I haven't had anybody show up. Uh, in town that I, yeah. I I desperately needed to see yet, at least not as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah.
1: So, and, Portland is probably, your, that's like where people play, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: But I, I am going to Nashville in a few weeks, and I'm really, really excited because, uh you know, over the course of this, I became uh, friends with Brian from Lucero, who's another one of my favorite bands. Yeah, of course. And uh, they're playing the Ryman. while we're going to be there and he's like come hang out so that might be my first show back which would be a wild way to go back
1: yeah totally (laughs) wow
0: so that's what's on my horizon i'm me and my yeah my wife and i are so excited that that potentially is going to happen i don't want to say anything's a for sure thing anymore because who knows but potentially that's going to happen
1: But you know, I guess um, at the very least, the likelihood is you'll be able to walk down, uh, like that main, that main uh, Broadway. That's the name of the street in Nashville, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, down Broadway, the Ryman's right off Broadway. I do everything in my power to avoid. Broadway. Yeah,
1: I know. But you gotta <laughs> walk you gotta walk down there. Like no, walk, I've done
0: it so many uh, times. You gotta
1: you gotta do it. Like the first night that you're there. I mean, I've only been twice, I guess. Um, but like, oh man, you walk down that street and there's just like country bar after country bar it's like you know 52 telly after 52 telly after <laughs> fi- oh wow that's a, that person's playing a 52 telly into a into an ac th- oh okay now we're back to the deluxe yeah that's that's a delight oh wow that that person's playing into a princeton you know it's like but it's always 52 tellies mm-hmm. and uh it's i mean that is quite the sight to behold it really is
0: yeah i don't know when the last time you were there but uh, you know it's it's changed a lot you know, it's always been a central hub for music. Um, yeah. But now it's really changed into like central hub for bro country, which, as you know, is the bane of my existence as, <laughs> as, a, as a country music fan. I cannot tolerate the bro country. And, you know, so much that like the Grun guitars building is it was sold to Dirks Bentley and is now a Dirks Bentley bar. And like, there's only like two of the, or three maybe, of the original establishments that are still around, oh, Roberts wow, and okay. Tootsies, all the rest okay. have been turned into like, Kid Rock's got a bar, and like... Yeah, I'm just I was like, going to
3: say, Kid Rock's got a bar there, not he? Yeah, Which I'm, I'm just like,
0: can't do it, I can't do it.
3: I think last time I was there, that had just opened, so that was Summer Nam 2019, I think that had, yeah, I think that just opened, and it's like four floors. I think it's just mad, though, that... Nowhere else have I been where you can see a venue that's got four floors and a different band on every floor playing different music. But from the outside, you hear it like all at once. I mean, standing on that... I remember the last time I was there, the last night I was there, me and a friend had been out drinking or whatever. And then we just stood on the corner at the bottom of the street and just like watched the world go by for like an hour. It's just like the most... It's just like...
0: A really weird aquarium of people. <laughs> you know, How often just... did you hear the uh, the the term "woo" in that hour?
3: <laughs> yeah, there's uh, it's what the hen party capital of the USA or something yep. like that. Yeah, yeah, it is um, indeed. So, uh, yeah, uh, interestingly though, there, John Bollinger, who uh, writes for Premier Guitar, wrote a really. Cool article recently about him being a gigging musician in Nashville, and uh, talking about like how how you kind of make it in some ways and the gigs that you do and how many gigs you do and traveling to gigs and what kind of stuff you need to take with you. And um, I worked with a guy at Anderton's once who had come over from America. He wasn't from Nashville, but he'd lived there for a couple of years, and he said that most people get their start by depping for people but there's so much going on and I think this was kind of maybe before people were kind of posting stuff on Facebook like I need a depth for this or a depth for that he said that you'd literally go to bars because they all have open fronted windows at the bottom and he was the drummer and he'd wait by the window and he'd then just like lean in and be like oh do you need a toilet break or a cigarette break and you'd literally jump on the drums for like 15 minutes just wow. to give people a break because you know they they play from like some bands might play from like 10 in the morning to like six o'clock at night like basically non-stop
1: um, yeah, It's unreal. so, it's unreal. so I, um, I don't think i don't think i've ever played more than a 25 minute set in my life <laughs> like the idea the idea of doing you know playing in a band as a nine to five job just is like just I, I just can't even begin to imagine it i cannot believe it it's crazy
2: Introducing the KMA Machines Guardian of the Worm. An incredibly flexible, ultimately shapeable high gain distortion and noise gate for guitarists looking for complete control over their drive tone. Fader loaded double foot switch effects unit features three separate clipping modes so you can find the tonal foundations that are right for you. A simple high performance Blackma VCA based noise gate with the option of an external trigger input for noise gate control. A highly configurable 4 band active EQ with variable center frequencies. Three distinct types of high mid control for tone shaping. An effects loop between distortion and noise gate for signal chain flexibility. An internal control for input filter signal trigger source and noise gate response. And relay-based soft switching with variable gate switching modes. This is a comprehensive distortion shaping tool for those who want complete dominance over their tone. Check out the Guardian of the Worm by KMA Machines at kma-machines.com.
3: Yeah, and um, yeah, they do some ridiculous sets. And he was saying, yeah, you just you'd lean in and be like, do you need some cover? And you'd probably do, like, 10, 15 minutes. You'd do, like, a few songs. Drum would come back. You'd leave your number, and maybe they'd give you a call for, like, oh, I've got booked for a session, and I'm supposed to be doing this other gig. Can you, like, cover? And um, I'm pretty sure in this interview, John Bollinger's saying that, like, you just have to have a repertoire of, like, a bunch of songs that you'll always always have to play.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um,
3: But I I do remember, I have a a memory of a, a functions band at one of those gigs where... I was with a friend of the podcast, Wes Steed, who now lives in Nashville. He does um, indeed, yeah,
1: works for um Rivola guitars. Yeah, oh, wow. and we so Blake, if you find yourself with some time, um I don't know how familiar you are with uh, those guitars, but we should um, heat you up with uh, with Wes because he so he's worked with us at GAC and um Moved out to moved out to Nashville for the the second most popular reason that you move out to Nashville, and that is, uh, of course, he met a girl and they're now married, and you know it's really really they've got like you know they've got a cat and a really nice life together. But um, yeah, uh, where, he works for Rivolo and. Um, is is involved with them, so like you know, if you wanted to check that out, I'm sure he'd 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 like to, he'd like to yeah. but that's not really a conversation for the podcast. Right, well,
3: uh, interestingly, I was going to say that actually the first time I went to Nashville was with Wes, and that is where he met his now wife. Oh yeah, uh, of course. Uh, wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, we went we went to a gig in, in one of those bars where yeah, it was just covers band that was playing for like I don't know eight hours, and they were like tip us for a song. It's like they had no set. They were like you put twenty dollars in. The tip bucket, and then you could just name a song. And I think someone named Weezer. Do you like, know
1: "You Suffer But Why" by Napalm Death?
3: Well, yeah. So, <laughs> someone said, "Can you do Rapper's Delight?" And then, okay. And I think the guitarist had gone off for a break, and it was there was just a bass player and a drummer. And the bass player was like, "Um, yeah, maybe." And what they <laughs> what they would do is they would all, they all had iPads, right? They would Google it find chords really quickly and then like one of them would just be like right okay let's just go and they would just let's give it a go give it a go and he found the lyrics and he's like right i think i know how the bass line goes and the bass player pulled out the bass line straight away and then wrapped the entire song from well, lyrics whilst, on an ipad whilst playing the while, bass line. while playing the bass line yeah
1: unbelievable
3: and i was just like the- yeah that is the level of uh that is the level of musicianship that i think you have on on some of these things it's pretty it's pretty mad
0: it's bonkers there i mean the old joke is like don't let the guy begging your groceries like touch your guitar if you're in nashville because he's probably better than you like <laughs> it is like it, it's unreal how many guitar players uh you know there are and how they're just worlds above most other cities, just as a cut, co- like you could just throw a rock and hit somebody who's obscenely talented there. Yeah, it's mm. crazy. I mean, almost every single person that works for Stringjoy plays. I think there's like one or two that don't play, and they like are recording engineers or something. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's insane the level of talent that exists in that city.
1: Yeah. Well, and and Stringjoy. So, just to touch on that, you mentioned that obviously you're going to Nashville. You're going to be able to hang out with the the Stringjoy crew. Yeah. I mean, I don't
0: know if I'm like super publicly allowed to say why I'm going there. Just because some people like to keep their lives more private. Of course.
1: And so I, mean, I won't. Does, I won't spill it, that beans. You're but- you're going for the uh, secret guitar convention, I yes. assume is the... yeah, 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 yeah Yes, yeah. yes, the yeah. super secret. We were invited, we were, we were invited um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's just really, really secret.
0: Well, you're going to Skype in, though.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay,
0: yeah. all right. Yeah, because we have to formulate how we're going to take over the entire world. You yeah, know, I so. mean,
1: you know, one step at a time, that's how, one step at a time.
0: I- exactly. Uh, but I will be, yeah, h- hanging out at the Stringjoy uh, shop for a while, you know, there's a bunch of people there that I need to meet in person that I haven't got to talk to in a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a whole thing. I'm going to go do something. This is very interesting for everyone. I'm going to do something, and then I'm going to go over here and do something, and then I'm going to go over here and do something. Uh, but I will be hanging out with Grant and Karen from Big Ear to do some content with them for an upcoming thingy. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, of course, and- the
1: um, Albie was, uh, you know, that's been... a. Uh a kind of like modulation pedal du jour for some time mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. like great great sounding pedal yeah
0: great pedal great people and uh, we've mm-hmm. got something fun coming from them and that's all i can say about that but yeah oh, i'll be in nashville doing all kinds of, yeah i know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be in Nashville doing Nashville things, and I love Nashville. It's literally my home away from home. If I was going to move anywhere, that is where I would go to. So nice. I'm excited. Nice.
1: Cool, man. Cool. Well, um, well, uh, uh, I I had some news this week, um, which is quite exciting. I don't know whether you guys would have seen, but I posted up on Instagram that uh, I actually I got a new guitar this week.
2: Unbelievable. Um,
1: which is absolutely the first cool. first time I've had a new guitar in oh some I don't know a year or so feels like um, some time, and um, I've been playing it loads. It's absolutely wicked. I got a uh, Squire Classic Vibe Bass Six in, of course, the guitar's color, shell pink with a shell pink matching head cap um and um i tell you what fellas that shell pink it really makes all the difference it really bloody sings um it sounds amazing um and i've got i've been just uh noodling about over the weekend plugged into uh my uh time master super reverb that i got recently as well and um, I had intended to, you know, with Joe not being on the podcast and if you I remember the Gitano's Facebook group, you'll see Joe's had some kind of family stuff going on, which he's just needed some time away, which is why the, the, the this rabble of teenagers um, are, are uh, holding the fort for the time being. Um, but I did go into this weekend fully well-intentioned to uh, spend a bit of time putting a load of pedals through the, through the super reverb and just like, oh, how's it sound with this drive? How's it sound with this delay? But like, I just was playing it. Plugged in, reverb turned up, bit of trem. Then I turned the trem down, just to have some reverb. It just sounds so good, man. It's so good, and it's because it's uh, a bass six. It's still just tuned E to E, and um, so both you know, the chords. Same, sound yeah, I was going to say same same chords. They're even the same so, notes, but, Jay. <laughs> they're the same notes. It's all the same shape. It's uh, it's it's so easy, but it just sounds so different. And um, because it's a bass six, and it's so much lower. Uh, one of the things that I really like about it is that you can basically just play the chords that you know, and you just play them slowly, and it sounds well moody, well moody, and um, it also sounds quite jazzy. So if you do hit a wrong note, which is something that I do regularly, you just hit it again a second time, and it sounds like it was intentional. Um, that's, that's, that's that's like what jazz is. It never, well, you, know, you play you play that you if you play it once,
3: it's a mistake. If you play it twice, you meant to do it. And that's yeah, that's what you got absolutely. to do. And do it three times, and then they're like, "Well, they're, this guy's serious." Wow, he's, he's and then he's, you know he's, mo- hit that, he's
1: hit that bum note, and he's hit it again. He really means it. He's hammering it home that bum note. Yeah, and if uh, if you do it
3: four times, then they definitely it's gone back to mistake. That's it. You've gone too far. It's definitely a mistake. Yeah, yeah, you, absolutely. You don't realize yeah, yeah. you're in the
0: wrong key by that point. No. <laughs> I'm just sitting here <laughs> but, in amazement that you know both of the chords. I'm still I, trying, know, I, know, I, I know. I'm still trying to figure it out.
1: I don't understand. No, I, I, I tell you what, I know both of them, E and A. I tell you, and they are, they are good. I, I'll show you A later if you want. I know you can play E, but if you if you need a little tip on A, it's um, it's got one finger, so you need actually, as long as you don't mind playing it a bit wrong, it's um, yeah, it's good. It's,
0: <laughs> uh, all, all I can do is E minor. I can't quite get that extra finger on there. I'm, oh,
1: just that two fit, just the two yeah, fingers. That's all yeah, I yeah, really
0: yeah. know how to do so
1: yeah yeah well i uh, you know slowly but surely and honestly it doesn't matter it, as long as you get out of playing guitar what you what you want to get out of it you just play you just play that two finger e minor and that's absolutely fine that's all you need a kappa on there and it's probably e major i don't know is that how it works i don't yeah. know
0: probably not. i don't know what is that
1: what yeah.
3: does that even mean i'm, I'm so confused <laughs> i think um that that's just uh, on on notes and tuning you know even for me who someone who knows more than two chords but definitely not more than five chords um my <laughs> my uh my friend uh Alex Hutchins who's yeah amazing player but he obviously tunes in fourth Right, mate drop which some, is, some, drop something there did you uh, yeah, something there. Yeah, who um he tunes in fourths, which a lot of these kind of like modern jazz fusion players are tuning because fourths tuning makes more sense than tuning in fifths, which is what guitars are normally tuned in. Um, but when he had to go out on tour uh, with an artist, obviously everything was written in standard. and He was like, I can still play in fourths, but there was one riff that used open strings. He was like... I can't have a guitar in standard tuning and then, like, relearn to play because I play in a different tuning. So his guitar has an extra fret on just the top B, top E and B strings. So he can tune the guitar in fourths but still play chords in a normal bar chord, open what? chords. Yeah, it's so... Where's the
1: extra fret? At the top of the bottom? At
3: the, at the top. So behind the nut they've cut the nut out and then added an extra fret with the sound <laughs> What? <nut. laughs>
1: what are you talking yeah. about? That is wild. Because in, that is in, insane. In,
3: when in fourths, um, yeah, when you, basically, fourth tuning, the E and B are tuned down a tone. Down a tone or down a semitone? Um, down a semitone. So, you can't play like open chords or anything because the top top strings are out there and uh yeah so he's got a lower fret that allows him to like play those chords but then still maintain all the shapes because the weird thing is about tuning in fourths all those scales that you know they always have to shift on the both both uh, both 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 scales. scales.
1: the 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 scale (laughs) let's be honest the scale scale well the scale that you
3: know you have to shift (laughs) your um like fingering style on the B strings, because obviously that's where the tuning changes. Um, but yeah. in fourth tuning, everything's the same. So all the shapes are symmetrical across all strings. So from okay. an actual practicality point of view, it makes sense. And that's why like violins and cellos and all that are tuned in fourth. The so guitar is just a weird and wrong instrument. Um,
1: yeah, but but I, I do hear best what you're saying. Sounding one. But have you ever just like turned up an amp really loud and then just played an E chord because that sounds wicked that sounds you can't do that on a violin (laughs) you can't plug you can't plug a violin into a twin and play an E chord and it sounds wicked it just it doesn't work I'm afraid through a space echo yeah job done yeah so but um, but yeah, so I got I got uh I got a new I got a new guitar, it's really exciting. And what I think is most exciting about it is um I got it before Joe Branton got his, which is um just you know, the icing on the cake, if you ask me. Uh because Joe has ordered one. Did you order one as well, Matt? No, me and Joe, uh, Joe
3: went half to buy are quote unquote vic- share it. Well, Joe paid for it and I'm just gonna steal it, so
1: <laughs> right okay, fine, yeah, well, like I say, the best part of it all is that I got mine first, and uh I am just sending loads of pictures of uh my new guitar to Joe um to uh, because I never miss an opportunity to kick a man when he's down um I think it's uh it's, it's an so, important uh moment of friendship building you know it's so weird, you know, Matt isn't this
0: strange? This is like almost like if you were bragging about getting a new boss pedal before
1: anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. It's not quite the same as that. <laughs> it's not quite the same as that. No, no, I just got uh I just I guess I was just further up the queue. But yeah, I'm very excited. It's been uh, it's been wicked. The um Roasted Neck is is lovely and uh or Tinted Neck, I guess it's not roasted, but it's Tinted Neck and it's uh yeah, it's wicked. Um, I I always said I was going to buy basics when <laughs> when when uh, the Squire Vimod basics is were announced in about two thousand and I don't know eleven. I guess that was or twelve. No, because I think we were podcasting at the time when they came out when not we met. So two thousand fourteen. Yeah, right. I think it was probably when they when when they launched. Um, and uh, I was said I was going to buy one, and I never did. And I'm glad I didn't because. Uh, the classic vibe is amazing it's so much better so it's um yeah very so, very, very cool so good so.
3: What, what a cool con- just that time in the 60s when they were just doing well it, this kind of thing just had never been invented like imagine like talking about like what are we going to do what are we going to do for guitar what can we do it's like bass 6 you know and just I mean the, just the concept of an electric bass you know you just think that yeah. bass guitars just didn't exist like because everyone played an upright double bass and then someone was like mm, Yeah. Well, Leo Fender was like mm, Leo Fender. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah, someone, yeah, some guy. Um, someone, yeah, 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 I don't know if you've heard of this man before. You know, and that guy and he wasn't even a musician. You know, I think it's no. um I think that's yeah, it's pretty pretty damn amazing. But yeah, always this kind of new those new concepts at that time, you know, especially in the late fifties and sixties, must have just been madness. Imagine being a salesperson on the road then, going to your like you know your dealers and being like yeah we've we've got this new concept the electric base like
1: yeah 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 well but i um so i think i mentioned this on the podcast once before i mean i'm sure i have because i take every opportunity to talk about Chaz and dave um which blake might be i don't know if you're familiar with the the works of Chaz and dave um this might be a cultural barrier here but we we can we can fill you in later but um there was I read a an interview with Chaz Hodges where he reckoned that he was the first person in the UK to have an electric base. Um because he got uh Hoffner president. Um so this would have been in the sixties, you know, this would have been a long time after the uh after the um Uh, The launch of, well, actually, I think that them, was there a Hofner president in the 50s? There probably was, but this is like late, late 50s, early 60s. Um, He was, uh, you know, a teenager, but doing gigging. He was, he'd done a bit of playing bass for uh, Gene Vincent when he came over and he played bass in Jerry Lee Lewis's band on his first, I think first or second UK tour but um he reckoned that he was the first person in the UK to have a electric bass because uh he got this bass and then all of a sudden he n- was never want for a uh, a job ever again because people saw him playing this incredible sounding electric bass and uh all of all of uh, the um upright bass players who were sessioning for big name artists when they came over uh no longer had a job because everyone wanted the cool rock and roll um upright bass uh, sorry electric bass which is really interesting when you think about it now because very rarely do these kind of uh leaps in technology catch on straight away you know i when the helix first dropped were people um kicking out their um their guitar player their their session guitar players because they had a ac 30 or a dsl 40 because you know Steve from Dagenham had uh, a helix. You know, I don't think that's what was going on, but um, very interesting to think about.
0: Mm. Your listeners might enjoy that I've been taking this opportunity because I had no context for who this was at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. To Google, and, you know, I feel like I got a really, really good handle on who Chaz and Dave are um, (laughs) simply off of this sentence right here. And I really really feel like I have a a grasp on what this is. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, they were most notable as creators and performers of a musical style labeled rockney. I feel like that's all I need to know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean,
1: it literally is. It literally <laughs> is, and uh, it, it it sounds exactly what you expect it to sound like. I'm in. Um, I'm in. It's yeah. I mean, I will be honest. Some of the lyrical content maybe hasn't aged quite. You know, you, you probably <laughs> couldn't put out. You probably couldn't put out a song nowadays. Uh, called Rabbit, which is all about how their partners just carried on rabbiting on, kept on talking too much. You know, probably couldn't put that song out nowadays. But they—they uh, uh, they were great musicians, and um, you know, really uh, just an iconic band. And um, yeah, really one of my one of my favorites. Although you do have to kind of suspend your uh, suspend your your twenty twenty one feelings every now and again when you're listening to them but uh, but yeah Robert. great band great great band there's a, I'll send you a uh, I'll send you a video um Blake of uh, Chas Hodges who played piano in this band um in a uh a, a one-off band that he did um called the rockers which was uh if I remember correctly the drummer from now, who was it who was it i can't remember who it was who was on drums but um there was uh phil Linner on bass chat from thin lizzie Chaz hodges on piano and um uh what's his name from wizard on on guitar um bloody oh god what's his name wizard uh roy wood roy wood from wizard and uh elo on uh on guitar okay, and okay just just this absolutely amazing medley of like rock and roll tunes like they play johnny B- johnny be good with phil lynn at singing i mean it's absolutely incredible and uh yeah i'll set i'll see you in that video later but but yeah proper proper bang but anyway joe's going to be absolutely furious when he finds out that we're talking about Chaz and dave again in his absence <laughs> um so so we should move swiftly on from uh some of the you know most uh, culturally iconic uh musicians of the 70s to uh one of the most culturally iconic um Artists of all time. Uh, in uh, so I put this in the podcast notes, and uh, we had a we had a brief chat about it before. But um, I think it's really amazing that uh, something that I saw on Instagram this week that, that maybe some other people caught, and if you didn't, I would highly recommend going to check out. But um, Madonna. So one of the most iconic artists of, of all time, really. You know, one of the biggest selling, uh, one of the biggest selling artists ever. Um, just like countless number ones. Uh, just this powerhouse of of music and powerhouse of of fashion and and uh like you know cultural icon and uh she put up a picture of her on her instagram this week uh just doing some home recording just you know the new album is just being put together in uh what looks like a spare bedroom with some uh acoustic soundproofing panels um slapdash put up on the wall and uh her boyfriend uh I think it's her boyfriend um just with some audio technical headphones straight into a straight into a MacBook Pro basically Madonna is doing everything that we're doing in terms of home recording at the moment and I think that is just an absolutely incredible um advert for how far home recording has come and um if anybody ever gets any sense of kind of imposter syndrome when doing your home recording just just look at this picture and be like wow madge is doing it that's wicked yeah i can do it too you know it's it's quality i think i think um
3: so yeah you're right madonna's kind of place in history is is pretty mad i just just sort of google it here and it's come up with top 10 record top 10 records as the queen of pop turned 60 and not uh, like records as in terms of guinness world records highest grossing music tour for a female most remixed artist of all time
1: Uh, Wow, really? The most remixed artist of all? That is amazing. Yeah,
3: with her songs being remixed 324 times as of March 2018. Um, This is from a couple of years ago, but I I still don't think any of this has been topped. Yeah, her highest grossing tour was 408 million. Um, Bloody largest hell. gathering of people dressed as Madonna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mo- most US top 40 singles by a female artist 44 singles in total. Um, <gasps> largest 44? environmental. Sorry, 44 40, top four, 44 top 40
1: singles. Um, I mean, you say that that's the, the most by women, but I mean, that's good. She's got to be in like the top. Oh, she yeah, three she's in the top. There, right? Um, got to be, got to be. I mean, Beatles and Elvis, I assume. I think, are ahead I of think her. it's basically. Can there be
2: any?
3: No, I think it's basically Beatles and Elvis, and then Madonna, uh, which is which is pretty that's mad. amazing. Um, yeah, most number one albums by a female artist based on UK albums chart. Eleven number one albums. Um, most costume changes in a film for a character. Uh, she is in a film where she plays. <laughs> Ava Peron, a wife of a former Argentine president. And in that film, she changes... Wait, isn't that Evita? Uh, I don't know. doesn't say that. Oh, Evita. Yeah, musical drama, Evita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah <okay. laughs> she changes costume 85 times, including 42 hair designs and 56 pairs of earrings. Um, oldest artist to simultaneously top the UK and singles and album charts so at 47 she uh she had a number one I'm, album wow and okay and uh, best-selling female recording artist of all time um yeah. only beaten overall by the beatles michael jackson and elvis presley she has sold an estimated 335 million
1: albums um okay so you know when i said don't you know, don't worry about imposter syndrome, don't compete. Maybe, you know, ignore some of those records because that's all very impressive. <laughs> I think, that's all um, very impressive. I think the one thing about... I'm a, I'm a relatively
3: big Madonna fan, but not as big as, as some of the, the super fans out there. Um, and she does, you know, from a very, very early on, like artistically, you know, her style, her looks, the way that she wrote and recorded the music was all very much her um yeah I, I i think she's had writers on some tracks but she does write the majority of the music um i'm pretty sure like like a virgin i think was mostly her um, right, Okay. and yes yeah, obviously her records have especially the stuff from the 80s and the 90s just obviously has this huge production um huge production value um, my favorite madonna song being uh like a prayer because if you haven't listened to that song in a while go back and listen to the production because it's amazing um and um guy pratt of obviously pink floyd now played bass on that record uh and it's one of the most iconic bass lines of um of all time uh and i only know that because uh or i only you know obviously know it's really iconic but Oh, no! he played it because he told me that he used a boss o c two on it. I was like, "Oh, that's good to know so um <laughs> but yeah, I think just now you can do so much at home recording. I think that's the uh, that is the amazing thing of like me and Joe have talked about it on previous podcasts and even did a a series on it it's it is so easy to get a really good sound at home, and there are you know occasions of of bands. I think, if I remember rightly, it was Hot Chip, their first record. I think they recorded it all at home. And then when they got signed, they were like, cool, we can go into the studio and re record it. And then they, when they re recorded that, they were like, doesn't have the same vibe and the same character. I think they scrapped it. Um, and
1: just went with the home recording the version. I've
3: got a feeling. Wow. Well, okay. Potentially one of the Strokes records was like that as well. Um,. But yeah, I think there's quite a few few cases of basically bands doing loads at home and then going into the studio. And it, I mean, going to the studio now is a costly expense. I think there was a time, um, and there is an interview with Guy Pratt talking about it when he was, did that that session. He's like, recording sessions then cost like tens of thousands of pounds a day, and these artists yeah. would be in the studio for months and people just don't have that money now. I think no, record labels no, are like no, no, no. we're not going to throw a million dollars at recording a record. Um you know, how cheap and how quick can we put music out, I guess in some ways. Um and and so much, you know, so much pop I guess is like session work. It's like, right, it's like bring all the session musicians in, they record everything and they never see they never see the singer that they're playing for um yeah it's Just you know which is a pretty mad concept in itself but yeah it's quite cool to see i think and it and shows that she is generally quite passionate about music she's always playing guitar on stage um i think the last time i remember seeing a video of her playing was like i think she was playing led zeppelin on an esp flying v like backstage wow
2: really yeah
3: um I think there was yeah there was definitely an Instagram clip of her playing Led Zeppelin on a flying V um at w- at one point which is uh bizarre to say the least and also I think It's awesome. Yeah, I think I think it's cool. I mean, she's not exactly the greatest
1: guitar player in the world, but All right, mate, calm down. I mean, how many, like, you know, how many working in a guitar shop? How many botched versions of Stairway to Heaven did you hear? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure she's in the top. I would say she'd be in the top 500 uh, people who I've heard play that song. So, and I'm certainly not in the top 500 people who play that song. So, yeah. I'm Um,
0: guessing she knows more chords than I do.
1: That's well, I mean, we've already deduced that you only know E minor, mate. But but Mm -hmm. I tell you what, the, the whole time you've been talking there, Matty, I've been all up. Been thinking is, Blake, you you need to make some calls, mate. You need to get you need to get Madonna on uh, on the phone. <laughs> get talk it. Get find out what the deal is with this uh, this ESP flying V. That's what uh, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, what's going on with that? Oh, sorry,
0: Explorer. You said, that. it's uh it's such an interesting thing that it's been a while since I've been on this show, and it's been a while since uh, Brandon came on. But the last time Joe came on, you know, he was one of the people that really helped kick me into, like, actually, man, I got to do some recording. You know, I mean, early early in 2021, I released my first solo record, and my listeners yeah. are so sick of hearing me talk about it. But I, you know, it, that was due to so many of my guests, and Joe being a big one, like, talking about recording at home. And how, you know, I'm sitting around going, like, oh, I did this embarrassment of year that is just... Not, Here I mean, it brings me a lot of joy, but I'm not doing anything with it. And so, you know, learning that process and going through that, I'm mean, still far from an expert, but I'm so much more comfortable now doing it. And I think everybody should do it. I'm really a big believer in, in that just, I mean, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but I already have talked about this on, on my show once or twice. One of the songs on there is literally a resonator guitar... I I came up with this little piece and I was like, that's cool. I'll record it real quick so I don't forget it. And I threw my phone in front of me, recorded it real fast, and was listening back through headphones. And I was like, I wonder. And I just uploaded it to my Daw and started messing with it and putting effects on it. And I got done with it and I went, I think that's good. I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna roll with that. And that is some of some people's favorite track. Yeah, it's called yeah. Purple Skies and uh, it's kinda of, it's all the whole thing's strange, but the point being is like you never know. Like capture everything you can. You never know what you might be able to do with it. We just have access to such powerful tools that we take for granted all the time. And you know, we just need to create stuff. That's what's beautiful yeah. about technology.
1: Yeah. And I actually speaking of speaking of your uh, your solo record, which of course is American Cyclops, uh is the name of the band. Um I thought it was really interesting that you, because um, like you premiered it on the Tone Mob, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like you basically put out you did you did it almost like a listening party. It, you know, there's obviously there's been a lot of talk about artists doing listening parties recently, but you did you you put it out as an episode of, of the Tone Mob, and um, that was how I listened to it for the first time. And I, I just thought it was really interesting the way that you. Uh, it, You know, it was just out there, and you people, I guess, had to listen to it in the way that you had intended for it to be listened to, because unlike, and we've again we've talked about this before, the idea of modern music being listened to in a more kind of uh, play, but by songs being playlisted and and this that and the other, but you put it out as as an episode of a podcast and so you had to listen to it the whole way through and um i wonder like is is that something that you think you'd do again um or do, you know because it's now on spotify and actually i just i just pulled it up on spotify and and as you say put uh uh purple purple skies is the is the the top song um funnily enough i don't know if you if you knew that but it is actually the top song that's on there but um you know is that something you'd do again putting it out as like a single piece that People are kind of forced to listen to sounds a bit too aggressive, but like I thought it was a very interesting way to premiere your record is is what I'm trying to say, yeah,
0: I mean there's a few different pieces to that puzzle, yeah the main being I had this idea probably a year or more before I did that, but I wasn't thinking of it for me. I was thinking of the conundrum that we're all faced with, which is you know streaming rates suck and yeah it's very very difficult to you know make a living from that and i was trying to imagine i thought about podcasting in the sense that and i've said this on the show many times too where you know you guys didn't start this with a record label you know i didn't start my show with any kind of support from anybody other than the guests and the listeners and just keep doing it, and just keep doing it. And I got to thinking, like, what about some of these more established artists that have like fan, ba- and they don't have to be huge, but you know, maybe some of the people I've interviewed, or so on and so so forth. Like, I was like, you know, Spotify is where people listen to to music and podcasts these days. Yeah, what's different about it? You're uploading a digital file to the interwebs, and people go find it and download it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if you already have an, an audience, a, an audience, yeah. Why would you not like do what I did, which is I teamed up with a sponsor and said, hey, "Listen, I'm going to put this record out and it's going to be in this format so it kind of makes sense as a podcast episode." Like mm-hmm. it just seems to me that artists could use the RSS feed and podcast, you know, ecosystem to creatively release their music in in ways that are not that much different for the consumer, if that makes any sense. Um, The consumer could still go on their phone and download this thing, but maybe there's a, a deal or a contract or something where the artist could actually be, you know, more fairly compensated for their work. And so, for mine, I went to somebody I was already partnered with and said, hey, it'll be up here for the first three months. This is where everyone will listen this to it. This is where you can listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it worked, you know. It's an, it's not like I made insane amounts of money on it or anything like that. But it w- ended up being, at the end of the day, a profitable endeavor, at least yeah. at least a little bit, which is not something I ever, ever, ever thought would be possible with a release that I would do. And the the reason I ended up having to do it myself is because the hesitancy of so many of the artists and labels and different people I would pitch it to. And I wasn't pitching to them like, hey, premiere it on my show, although I have done that since then. Um, I was more saying like, hey, because I'm part of this podcast network. I'm like, what if this band did their next release as a podcast and you could partner up with XYZ Company to make it happen? And... Everyone is so hesitant to try it because it's new.
1: Well, just to try something different, yeah. and I, I think so much of that comes from what we, you know, what we've talked about in the past about how, like the playlistification of of music, like that's how songs get big now. Is they get big as. Uh, you know, three and a half minute hits on a playlist or uh, 45 second snaps on a uh t- as like the, the back, back in music on a TikTok or whatever. And what you're doing is, is obviously so far away from that that... I thought what you did by putting it out as a podcast, and actually, I, I hadn't clocked that you had, um, you know, you'd got like a standalone sponsor for for the episode. But it makes so much. I mean, ever the entrepreneur, I tell you what, honestly, <laughs> bloody always hustling. But um, I, I just think I thought it was such a smart idea, and and really, I I I don't see why as a concept it would it it couldn't be uh, picked up by other people. Uh, uh, you know, at a later date, because it's such listening to a podcast and, you know, going onto your podcast app is such a different experience to putting on an episode of uh, uh, putting up, putting up Spotify, putting up Apple Music you know, or or even like listening on YouTube. You know, it's such a different experience. You've got, uh, especially with you introducing and closing the episode, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the episode, which is yeah. what it was. Um, it's, it's such a different experience and people are going to be more engaged than if it was just like, oh, here's the link to my new band's record on Spotify. Well,
0: this. so you asked if I was ever going to do it again. And so that's an interesting thing. So the next thing I'm going to do, it will be... I don't know that I'll do it that way again, because it's more of an EP. Um, yeah. And, and It's quite long, though, isn't it, the record? Uh, this like record, you know, minutes I ended up calling this one a record because I intended to release it as an EP, and by the time I got done, it was like, yeah, forty minutes long. I'm like, I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. A, this is an album. But my next one, I'm doing a Halloween EP uh, that's going to be even more messed up and like strictly strictly to scare everyone. That's like the entire goal, Um, which isn't indicative of how I want the entire project to go. So I don't want to, I'm not going to release it probably the same way. I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet, but the one after that I'm also working on in parallel, I'm definitely going to release it that way. Uh, I'm going to do it in multiple ways because it's a, it's a record like musical record, instrumental with a spoken word story over the top of it. Yeah. Okay. And then a written, and then a, there, there's a written portion to go along with it as well. So my plan is to release the full project as a podcast, just like last time, mm-hmm. put the music up on streaming minus the words, and put the uh, words up on audible and audiobook platforms on their own. And then also have the the written portion available for print and uh, e-books and stuff, too. So that is the next big project uh, after the Halloween EP. So, yes, I will be doing it again, and I will be very curious to see how it goes. So
1: Nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that's very, very exciting. Well, um, you know, when it's all up and ready, as long as uh, you haven't scared us literally to death, um, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps come back on and we'll have a chat about it. That'd be good. That'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, um, as always happens when uh, Blake is on the podcast, uh, we have blinked and an hour has gone by. So uh, we managed to avoid talking about any news. We managed to avoid talking about um, anything that Joe had asked us specifically to talk about. And uh, as uh, everybody knows, that is exactly what I try to do every single time i'm on this podcast so uh thank you very much for that blake really appreciate it
0: absolutely i'm here to sabotage anything and everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) um well we are going to go over uh over the road and do a bit more on patreon i don't know if you're around for another half hour or so blake if you fancy it if you've got stuff to do i've realized this is uh something that a more professional podcaster would have mentioned before hitting the record button but uh which i'm just going to say it on air and we'll see what happens uh well,
0: uh, Jay, you do realize that the last time we spoke on the <laughs> internet, we, we did speak for about four hours.
1: So <laughs> We did. We did. I have yes, time for so. you, baby. I have time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. Well, thank you very much. Uh, if you uh, want to listen to that, um, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We've got a couple of things. We'll figure it out in the break. But if you want to listen to that, uh, you can become a Guitar Nerds patreon backer uh for as little as a dollar a month um by which you get the podcast free and early or you can pay five dollars a month and uh get the extra content um or you can pay ten dollars a month and joe will sing you a happy song at the end of the podcast um if that's what you're into uh personally i would pay ten dollars a month for joe to never talk to me ever again but um i've offered him that and apparently that's not enough money so um <laughs> uh, back to the back to the drawing board for me um thanks very much for tuning in uh live long and prosper bye okay later
2: Up. I know you wanted to Shaking on the guitar nerves When you're feeling blue You're a Telecaster and a Stratocaster fan You also like River and then a bit of music man You take one look at yeah. a funny custom shop You go, know there's that another three-ish grand you're gonna drop And I love 50's cute, so unique Now go and buy the plugin from the plugin of the week Guitar nerves come in Listen to us stand out and drink a bunch of views we got Mad Night and yeah. Jake Boss too Even shows up when it's has nothing to do We got JD and they only look loud But I am the best one cause I'm sexy, kind and loud But we couldn't do this podcast without you Yeah, everything a podcast host could ever want is true Jordan Brown, Holly Simpson, Eric. Born John Conway, Studio Rats, Russell Ealing Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Cloud, Tom Simons, Kyle Harris, Joe Hobart, John Hughes, Brian Hansen, Eric Hammer, Jeffrey Weggs, Shane M Brian Einstein, Jonathan Hufferty, Gabriel, Vandalinian Marcus al ID, Robert Cutterwell, Samuel Frost, Louis and Christian Munhandson, Keith Adams, Eric Powell, Dallas Henry, Scott Hunting, Jack Capo, Andy Madley, Simon Newborn, Ken Sayers, Harlow, Joe Paddock, the which is Blake Wildland, Dave Lee, Dave, Ross Edwards, Scott Anglet, Adam Sherman, James Thor Ryan McDonald, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Matthews, Christopher Lose, Stephen Buck, Robin Smith, Titopia, the band, JD Short, David Kenzie, Brad Page, Paul Holligan, Love Norwich, Spotify, and who Grammy?
0: Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.